welcome to the Metal Hammer podcast. It is episode 61, kind of a almost historic episode today. There's four of us in the studio, studio, I've put in <laughs> air covers. Um, I'm Mel, I'm here with Elle. Hi. And Alice. Hi. And Jonathan. Hello. How are you doing? How's Very everybody good. doing, first of all? Are you all good? Good. Yeah, yes. Good. It's a rare occasion, awesome foursome all together for the first time. Uh, Jonathan hasn't been on the podcast for ages. Where you been? What's going on? I've been I've been working from home a lot lately. So, how are you finding the great work from home experience? Um, I kind of like it actually. Oh, it's, cheers! Um, <laughs> away from your no, no, it's just um, it's good to kind of get in your own headspace and um, and also just work in your in your in your path. I like to think that you climb out of a coffin and then you're just already in your crypt and you just turn around and start working at your black yeah, laptop. Yeah, but it's, it's not like a climb out. I love you black laptop. Yeah, it's not like a climb out. Like, like, I just leave her as a flat, as a flat thing. You just leave her up. Yeah, uh, straight in, straight into the desk. <laughs> yeah, yeah just, just hands and claws on keyboards straight away. Goodness me. That looked like Nosferatu when you did that just then. <laughs> yeah, that was, probably, yeah. that was very vampiric. I just finished reading Salem's Lot for the first time, actually, so you're on brand for me. Uh, where shall we start? There's a lot to go through today. I guess we should start with the brand new issue of Metal Hammer, which, as this podcast goes out, will be out now-ish. When are you going to put it up, Alice? <laughs> um, it's out on Thursday. <laughs> it's out on Thursday in the UK and online, so uh, if you listen to it Thursday, it's out now. Um, for the first time in way too long, we have welcomed back Amon Amarth to the cover of Metal Hammer. Fair to say one of the most metal covers we've ever done. Raise your horns, raise them up to the sky. Yeah, raise them to the sky. Done, done old Johan in a bit of a, bit of a uh, Game of Thronesy vibe, <laughs> I guess we can say. He looks like a big That's old king. I'm going to get super saying A that. big old Viking king. He's a big old Viking sitting in a throne with a massive fuck off hammer and it looks amazing. Yeah, um, if you've got a thought hammer, you know you're doing something right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we Obviously, we talked about Amon Amarth on the podcast before. We love them. Really intrinsic, important band to the world of hammer. We're really excited to finally get them back on the cover ahead of what I think we're allowed to say is a killer new album in Berserker. We've been listening to it. It's out um, imminently in about a month or so, I think. Uh, and yeah, excellent interview with Johan from Dave Everly as a Monomar prepared to make a real, um, a real run at, at male greatness, I guess. They're at the point now, aren't they, where they've headlined festivals, they're headlining big arenas, they've got a huge show. Can a Viking metal band from Sweden become one of the biggest bands in metal? The drummer plays inside a Viking helmet. Yeah, Viking helmet, yeah. <laughs> They've got a boat on stage, dragons, fire, um, and genuinely one of the best metal bands of, I was going to say 21st century, but they've been going 25 plus years now. Actually, they do a so. good show, don't they? Yeah, that's they the thing. Like they're, also, like they're a great festival band. Mm. Like they're perfect festivals, especially when the sun's going down. They are. And I think they're at a stage now, on a month where they kind of recognise that. They know they're a big festival band. They're the band everyone sees as like a bit of a laugh get pissed, go have a good time, and then we forget about it. I think they want to establish a bit more of a legacy than that, and they kind of want to use this album as a way to step up and, well, in Johan's words, as far as he's concerned, when, when um, you know, the Maidens and the Metallicas finally put down their instruments, Amon and Marth want to be there to, to pick up the, the baton and move forward. So it's a really interesting interview about all that kind of stuff and the new album and what comes next from them. Uh, there's also three... Viking mead mats <laughs> <you can> <laughs> uh, yeah free on one of my beer mats and the new issue they're really cool and if you pick just up just don't try picking drinking horns down on them 
Yeah, that wouldn't work. <laughs> Could you imagine? Uh, and if you pick up the issue in uh, Tesco in the UK, you'll also get a free Amonomath patch, which is really cool. It's got like a runic Viking symbol on it. It is really good, and you can get it now. Also in the new issue, uh, we, we look at one of the most controversial and hellacious tours of the 90s when Hull went on tour with Marilyn Manson. It's an awesome piece by Steve Hill talking to many of the people that were there on the front lines in the tour that basically, uh, well, literally broke Marilyn Manson at one point and pretty much finished off um, Manson and Courtney's friendship for about 25 years. So well done. Uh, that's an awesome feature in there. We've got, we've got uh, interviews with Possessed, Employed to Serve, awesome feature on the Prodigy and the huge impact that they had on the metal scene. Rest in peace, uh, Keith, of course. Uh, we look inside the death gospel phenomenon that's sweeping the underground. We have a Lost album special where we look at um, the Lost albums through time that should have been but never were from the likes of Deftones, Nine Inch Nails, Slipknot, Motorhead, Judas Priest. All those albums you heard about many, many years ago and thought, what the fuck ever happened to them? We find out. We look into it in the new issue it's out now, well, out Thursday anyway, whenever you're listening to this in the UK. It's really, really good. And we do have an Amonomath bundle that we'll be launching next week that is fucking spectacular, if I do say so myself. So if you're a big Amonomath fan, and Lord knows you should be, um, pay attention to metalhammer.com next week for information about that bundle. It's really good. It's out Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. I'm tired now. Someone else talk. You went to Roadburn recently. I Jonathan. did, yeah. How was that? It was, well, I mean, Roadburn is always amazing. It always feels like a world unto itself. You just, the minute you walk into the street where the cafes are, you feel like you're in this own kind of look, this kind of bubble where everything is exactly how a festival should be. Everyone's like, like true genuine music lovers. It's just everyone feels the same spirit, they're there for the same reason. This year, it kind of felt a bit more emotional. Um, I mean, for lots of different reasons. I mean, there were, you know, there was mem- memories to artists who had passed away recently. Um, uh, so, uh, one of the most emotional experiences I ever had at a gig was seeing the tribute to Celine Mooshi at Roadburn. Mm. And I can't even look at the video from that show without kind of shedding a tear. And this was. So, the, do you want to just talk about the, con- the, concept, the concept? Yeah, so, so um, Celine Mooshi was a singer of the Devil's Blood. And, um, and, the Devil's Blood, you know, one of the biggest and important cult bands, and also just a great rock band too. And they broke up, they became Salim Lamushi and his enemies, and it was him and his sister Farida. Um, and there was supposed to be a Salim Lamushi uh, and his enemies show at Roeburn, um, but in between that getting announced and the show, um, Salim passed away, death by suicide. And so, you know, everyone, I mean, I, I have friends who knew him personally, everyone was absolutely devastated and so they turned it into um, the show into a tribute to him and um, so it's every kind of every member had ever played in Devil's Blood Farida was singing and they had this beautifully shot footage of Salim on the huge uh, video screens behind, on the huge screens behind and just you, like just everyone was just in absolute floods of tears afterwards mm. and it was just such a well, no pun intended, watershed moment. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But um so so this year they had um they had Molasses, which is uh Frieda's new project with also four members of the Devil's Blood hopefully it has a bit of the Devil's Blood in it. Um musically. It's a bit more jazzy, a bit more um 
little bit more freeform and proggy, and it was an amazing thing. But also, you know, last year at Roadburn, it was the year that Caleb, you know, Caleb Schofield from Caven had just passed away, mm. and they did a and uh, there was an acoustic tribute to him last year uh, that um, Steve Brodsky from uh, Caven did with other members, and it was a kind of a secret show, but again, just incredibly emotionally raw experience. And so, so it wasn't just Caven who played um, this year as well. It was um, Old Man Gloom, who Caleb had also been in. Mm-hmm. And at the end, um, at the end, uh, Jake, for, uh, not Jake, um, uh, our man from Converge, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Jacob Allen came on stage and they played a, a couple of uh, songs by a band they did together called Zuzu Bra, uh, that also Caleb had been in. So that was that. Then um, two days there was a, there was a day of um, there was a day of Dutch black metal bands at one of the venues. But two days beforehand, the singer of Dodecahedron passed away. Oh right. So and it, it was you know he had he had he had a wife and a kids and um, so it was just really really hard. And I mean the, the show they did for him was they still played and the show they did was just absolutely incredible. So there's all the so there's all these like gigs where it feels like a really it felt like really cathartic. But it also just felt like you know everyone out, everyone's going there. Had you know a lot of people had personal issues that they were dealing with at the time, and this is like the perfect experience for for people to kind of a therapeutic experience for people just mm. being in this unique environment that Roadburn creates. Um, and there's also just a lot of kind of really incredibly emotional sets. Um, a lot of the uh, artists who we you know we're recording you know who being called Death Gospel were there. So A. Williams played. That was just absolutely stunning and Big beautiful. Big feature in the new issue of Mount Hammond. Yeah, yeah, A. Williams played. And just like the first debut gig, the whole room was in a hush. Anna von Housewolf is probably one of my highlights of it. Um, there's a scene called Lingua Ignota who's just absolutely... Just, the, the shows are absolutely traumatising and incredible and beautiful. And you see, she plays in a round, so she doesn't play on a stage. Traumatising is an amazing word to use for a rock show. Yeah, yeah, but it, but it, but it is. I mean, <laughs> if, you, if you know her backstory, you understand why. Mm. But, um, so she plays in a round, and so she doesn't play on a stage, she plays on the floor, and people around her. And it's really hedian atmosphere she creates. She, she's a classically trained singer, it's an incredibly clear voice, but the places she goes to it are just, just this amazing cover of Jolene. But, um, Oh, be, be, what, sorry? Of Jolene. Oh, really? Yeah, it's one of the most haunting... Like, there's many oh, covers of Jolene, yeah. Wow. Yeah, but there's, this is by far the most haunting version you've ever heard. And there's like... You know, I think just, I've heard that, actually. Yeah, yeah you, you, that. there's over snippets of uh, Eileen Warnos being interviewed by Nick Broomfield as well. But you can see women in the audience like, looking up to her and just like almost like on the verge of hyperventilating from the sheer emotional weight of it. Mm-hmm. So Highland played, which is um, just an, always an incredible experience, but him do the new songs as well was really amazing so yeah just everyone I know just took days to kind of to, to kind of come back to earth after yeah it sounds I, mean, I don't know in a negative way it sounds exhausting it's emotionally it's, exhausting. emotionally exhausting but it's just it's just everyone kind of felt like it, it's the one thing of the year that just it feels like that's if you're a road burn goer and whether it's your first time or your upteenth time it just feels like this is the crux around which you're your turns around Wow, amazing. Wow, that sounds like a, an amazing experience and it will be back and very quickly sold out. Yeah, yeah. Your dates now soon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, it's, I think it's the second or third week of April it's kind of next year. Um, but not only is it, will tickets sell out really quickly, but all the, um, all the uh, accommodation will sell out really quickly. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, if you're thinking of going, and you should. Um, Don't mess around. In the words of 
uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, do it now. <laughs> sure. Uh, from High Lung to Arnold Schwarzenegger to Baby Metal. <laughs> I can't think of a smooth way to do that. Um, baby Metal are back. Officially. Officially back. Not just, oh, they're doing stuff. They are officially back. What the fuck's going on? They've got a new song coming out called Elevator Girl, out on May the 10th. That sounds like it should be a busted song or something. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> it sounds like they're singing a love song to a girl that they've seen in the elevator. Yeah, maybe they so, are. Well, maybe they are, we don't know. Oh, I just think the backing is elevator music. Do you, oh. <laughs> Do you imagine? I actually yeah. have a book all about elevator music. It's called Elevator Music. I have no inclination to read that. <laughs> actually, I'll tell you what, the history of music is one of the most fascinating psychological experiments you'll ever read about. Really? Yeah, so there you go. But anyway, right, well, continue. Put me in my place. <laughs> so, uh, when's Elevator Girl coming out then? May the 10th, and then they're playing Brixton Academy on July the 2nd, supported by Amaranth and Sleep Token. Really? Yes. July 2nd, late summer, no, midsummer vibe. Interesting. Uh, well, and officially a duo now, as I think we discussed recently. Yeah, um, and the press shots are showing two girls anyway, so they haven't said officially it's a duo, not a trio, but it looks like it is. Well, mm. that's that then. Interesting. I'm, I'm genuinely surprised they haven't chosen to introduce a new member. Or maybe they will still, but it just seems like for... I can't believe I'm saying this, but you know when you think about Slipknot, when Slipknot lost members, they introduced new ones, it becomes a big thing, new mask, new identity, new story around the band. Um, I kind of think Baby Metal have that, you know. Their fans will go nuts for a new member. Surely it's got to happen at some point. But I'm looking at you, Al, I just assume you're a Baby Metal person. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know any more than you. Yeah, but I think, especially when when it's down to two or three members, the difference between two and three changes the dynamics so much mm. yeah. mm. and like in a three year a gang two it's the relationship between the two of them mm. and so it clearly doesn't seem like they're going to bring in another member so I think on some fundamental level it is going to alter what they metal up interesting we shall see might make it a kind of a bit more of an intimate thing I don't know what like, do like I said it's about, it's about the relationship between two artists rather yeah. than Three as a gang. Well, I thought before the whole Yui thing happened, I thought they were spotlighting Sue Metal a lot more. She seemed to be sort of breaking out of the dance routines more, having her own kind of solo spots more. I thought she was going to sort of turn into a, you know, more of a featured artist and maybe have a solo record and that kind of thing. But a member leaving does completely change that because I can't see that she'd be doing she'd be sort of breaking away from a duo because mm. there's no point to that then is there it's one person and one person it's, it's a different dynamic shed. yeah so I don't know we'll don't see. know what do you think baby metal fans which I, I I know it's quite a broad church actually but what do you think they'd make of Sleep Token that's a really interesting book in. for Brixton Academy as well yeah I mean Sleep Token in case you don't know who they are they're a group of masked individuals who perform fairly ambient music that usually has sort of a breakout, rockier bit at the end of each song. So I've seen them before, but in a small, intimate setting, not on the stage at Brixton Academy. So Mm. it's going to be super interesting to see how they cope with that massive stage and massive venue. And also just, yeah, like you said, how people respond. They've kind of got... I'm going to call it a gimmick, a gimmick of the masks thing going on. Yeah. Um, but the music is not upbeat, energetic, baby metal music. It's a lot different to that. So, yeah, that'll be quite a weird, won't it? 
Yeah, that will be weird. And speaking of weird, that was smoother. <laughs> <laughs> Ramstein are teasing more new music. Uh, head over to metalhammer.com to hear some snippets. I think they put out a video trailer as well, which you seem to uh, spot out. It looks like it's got the new album art on it. They've shared the album artwork. It's a match stick on a white background, it seems to be. So I guess quite simple. Lit, unlit, to be lit. Representing Ramstein and fire. Not burned out. No. That makes me sad. Well, I'm, I'm asking, what kind of match is it? I can't remember. Oh, I think it's like a. I thought you were. These details are important. Indicating uh, symbolism. It's an unlit match. Probably not a safety match. A new no. match. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, the album, which is uh, self titled, coming May 17th, uh, and that big European tour's on the way as well, featuring a little old stop at Milton Keynes Football Stadium. Ah! So, yeah. We will be there. And the gimmicks keep coming this week. Uh, Corey Taylor I don't know why I'm doing all the news I'm just, just can't stop me now uh, <laughs> Corey Taylor is teasing a new Slipknot mask which is cool um, I kind of feel like Corey's is always the one people are most invested in because obviously yeah, it's Corey he's the, the front singer. man the loud mouth but I feel like his tend to go undergo the most drastic evolutions really? I kind of think his is one of the most straightforward masks do you reckon? I think he's gone some very different ones like that kind of rocketeer mask he had was very what's unique. a rocketeer the one mask? with the circle around the eye and yeah yeah the circle yeah. and the oval that was yeah. um, that's, that's actually uh, my favourite mask he did mine as well all hope is gone here I like that one as well because I remember when he did that weird. that was a big departure yeah. and it felt like what the fuck is that and at yeah. first I wasn't I didn't really like it but I actually think it's the most unsettling out it's of all it's got such a blank face yeah, what did you mean by rocketeer so it reminds me of it reminds me of two kind of different comics one the rocketeer <laughs> which, which is like you know this kind of like, this what now yeah this kind of like rocket sort of golden or silver age um, character and um, who had this kind of like pill shaped kind of metal mask um, I could be completely wrong but that's... oh yeah I recognise him yeah show him to us yeah that guy yeah I mean okay the hair's a fin on the mask but that kind of like metal mask but also mask... I don't really recognise that actually this guy I don't recognise that. See, I play along at home. Google the Rocketeer if you don't know what we're yeah, talking about. Yeah, but I also, I also like um, I like all those kind of like robots with metal round metal heads as well. And also reminds me of um, a comic called Love and Rockets. Oh, I know Love and Rockets. Which is one, yeah, pro- yeah, and Gilbert Hernandez, yeah, and um, probably one of the greatest comics of all time. And reminds me of like with Gilbert Hernandez, he does all the stuff set in south of the Tex-Mex border, and there's all these ancient stone deities. And the mask reminds me of all those deities in this, like. Wow, Corey's a massive comics geek, so it wouldn't surprise I'm, me if I, yeah, at least no, one of those is. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've no doubt that. Because um, they all have these kind of um, asymmetric eyes, like, like one's a circle, one's an oval. Hmm. And so, yeah, just remind me of all those things. And, That's um, important. I wasn't keen on the last Corey mask. He just kind of looked like a grumpy old man, and the whole jaw thing coming off didn't really work, did it? It kind of reminds me. No. Oh, like the most maybe. recent one. Because like it was like fleshy, and then he'd rip off the top of it, and it was more like, kind of, it looked like a bogey underneath, oh. a really angry bogey. Oh. <laughs> Actually, the mask we were just talking about, it also oh, reminds me really. of the Princess Mononoke forest spirits. You know, just like yeah, the faces with the round eyes and the round mouths, and they make those clicky yeah. noises. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking. Yeah, about. there's something a bit spirited away. Yeah, about yeah. Mask, like one of the creatures in Spirited Away or something. Definitely the Princess Mononoke one is what it reminds me of. It's, yeah, weird, blank, but... What did Corey Taylor's 2008 mask remind you of? Let us know now. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook.com forward slash Mount Hammer readers. 
so yeah, new Slipknot mark. I mean, I'm still like I I fall for a hook line and sinker. I get so excited about new Slipknot, like new Slipknot everything, new music, new boiler suits, new masks, new videos, new stage show. Like I fully buy and proudly buy into the Slipknot ethos. Ethos. They're quite high hopes for this one though. <laughs> I think it's, it's, meant to, it's, it's meant to have been designed by Tom Savini. Yeah, Tom Savini did it, didn't he? I forgot about yeah. that. Oh, I love so it. So I've got like really high hopes. And yeah, that'd be awesome. Just... Horror special effects legend yeah. um, and Guncock in, uh, from Dust Till Dawn. Yeah. If you get that reference. Imagine Del Toro did their masks. Alejandro Del Toro. How amazing would that be? Just be eyes everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Weird castles on their heads. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that that should be awesome. So yeah, hopefully it's going to be, it's going to be a bold new era for Slipknot. We're very excited about it. That one's out now. That one's in July or something, isn't it? Probably. August? They did release the date which we spoke about the podcast. Late summer, yeah. Yeah. What a big year for metal this is. Unbelievable. (laughs) Exciting times. And, as I'm doing the, all the news, apparently, um, <laughs> Sabaton have a new song now, slash video out. Did everyone watch it? Yeah. yeah. Well done. <laughs> Did your homework. Uh, yeah, new video called Bismarck comes from the Great War album. They're finally, well, not finally, they decided to do the big war. Um, World War One, uh, which is uh, the concept for the new record. Sabaton, of course, all their records are around war, heroic battles, um, infamous campaigns and, and all that from history uh, and they've gone for the big one so the Great War is coming out on July 19th via the always awesome nuclear blast and they've done a video about the Bismarck which is who, hands up we want to see you about the Bismarck and what it was and could remember their history classes from before no, having to look it up no idea I'd known it was a ship that's as far as I would have yeah oh I knew, yeah. The, the sinking name. of the Bismarck. I know it's the name yeah. of a ship, and that's yeah. kind of yeah. All yeah. The I phrase, the sinking of the Bismarck, is burned into my brain. Yeah, I was the same. Um, but so, yeah, uh, Sabaton have got a new video out about the Bismarck, which was a massive warship um, put out by the Germans in the. In the oh, Great God. War. Great War. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Shit! I looked it up yesterday and I forgot yeah. it again. Which, according to the video, only has one occupant. My GCSE is your oh, teacher. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. The yeah, there's, there's like they sink the ship and there's like one person. Oh um, man. Yeah, I, I, I looked this up yesterday. My history teacher would be absolutely screwing at me for that. And also, I meant to look it up on Sabaton's own history channel because I think they've got a video of, about the Bismarck up there, but I hadn't got around to it. So, I even remember when people were doing all those things online where it was a play anyway I said earlier it's World War 1 it's fucking World War 2 what are we talking about obviously to try and bow like sorry ignore me fucked it do you remember there was a time when people were the not so great war yeah (laughs) but the great war is what people call World War 1 isn't it it is yes yeah okay so that yeah that's why that threw me so it's called the great war but it's obviously about at least partly World War 2 possibly others um yeah, go on now. Remember that time where everyone was doing blow-by-blows of videos online and kind of breaking them all down? Yes. Because when I watched oh, those, literal which, videos is about the great, six, great. which is about six minutes, I really thought it could do with one of those. You're like, oh, here's a giant ship. Sabaton are playing on a giant ship. Well, yeah. <laughs> He's it, still wearing great. his vest. Yeah. Oh no, now something you else is happening. I've recorded it and we'll throw it out there. 
I feel like there's definitely like obviously people do reaction videos yeah. online, but I felt like it needed like a, I th- I think a the video, breakdown. Yeah, I think the video raises a lot more questions than it answers. It does raise some like, questions. Like, why is there only one occupant? <laughs> who is it? Who, who just said, yeah, come on, he, okay, he swims he was away. In it yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he swims away, and then and then it's like, yeah, come on board. Yeah, you know, we just sank your ship. Um, there's no other. There's no one in there. Um, but also sabotage themselves. At one point, they're indoors and in like. Some kind of like some kind of disco hall. No, I thought they were indoors with that bit, but then they sort of zoomed out and it was dark at, and they were still on the on ship. The ship. Yeah, because oh. it was light on the ship and then it was dark on the ship. Because I thought but they were, they were in I a different cause, room cause, as well, but it just changed oh. to night. I think it just got dark while they're playing the song. It suddenly, within six minutes, yeah. went from day, day yeah, to night. Yeah, because I was I was wondering about you know just the general logistics yeah. of like how they get from indoors on one ship to outdoors on another which doesn't seem to have an, which doesn't seem which is a tugboat no it wasn't outside seem to have an the entire time but it just changed very quickly from day to night that's what happened because that happens all the time at war well it definitely happens it's a, it's a bit plan night from out of space we go from one shot and it's daytime <laughs> and, then, and, then you, and then you pan around and it's suddenly nighttime. I also just love like I said how he was wearing his like metallic battle vest and they were all just like Playing all their instruments. No concern for safety, no life <laughs> Nothing like that. Right, no. I got to the bottom of my confusion here. So, Bismarck is a standalone single, which is why it's a, it's a World War II subject matter. Right. Um, and it's and, and they've obviously teamed up with World of Warships, who are a very big video game company, who, who uh, do stuff about warships to make the video. So it's a standoff thing, because apparently loads of their fans wanted them to... Uh, do something on Bismarck because it was such a massive and well-known um, part of the other Great War, but not the main Great War that they're writing about. <laughs> so the single standalone um, and uh, the Great War, the album is going to be about World War One, and that's out July nineteenth. Glad we got that sorted out. I, I am because I thought I was losing my mind for a second. Then fuck me. <laughs> anyway, I think the song's really good. <laughs> It sounds. It sounds like a, the reason I thought about disco because like, it sounds like it's just. It just should be a disco song. You if love we, disco. I do, but um, I think that song would be greatly improved with a disco back backing. <laughs> it just. It would fit totally. It's really. It's like, like mate, a, would it? Yeah, like, like a disco power ballad I'd type like of to thing. Hear it. You I listen to Turbo too. It's a little bit. Yeah. It's a little bit YMCA almost, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Just They've always had that about them, though, haven't they? Some of them. Yeah. That kind of like da 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 da, like with the dance. Yeah. Just, like, yeah. I don't think the music really gets across the fear and the shit new breaches of war very much. It's no, more celebrating no, the steel construction of the ship, isn't it? They sort of call it a steel <laughs> beast or something, which is pretty metal. Well, they take, yeah. it's an interesting thing. I mean, the end of the video, it says, um, war has no nation, which is a famous quote from somebody that I can't remember who. Good one. I'm doing great today. <laughs> um, so, you know, I guess they're just trying to... Pre- I think when Sabaton cover these things, they present them just as, as they were, you know. Um, yeah, they don't take sides, do they? But it, that is interesting that they basically decided they, they, they spent all this time putting together a concept album about one particular and, uh, era and war and then they've kind of swerved it a bit and just put out a totally unrelated single I guess it's because a couple of months before. I guess it's because of their, you know, they've got World of Warships involved. Yeah, fair so enough. Is this going to be on the album? I don't think it is, no. no. It says in a little bit of research I just very hastily did, it said standalone single. Yeah. Maybe it'll appear on like a bonus version or whatever. We live in a world of Spotify now. Who cares? You can make your own playlist. Um, but yeah, I think it's good. It's it's a slightly stompier, kind of slightly slower version of the kind of standard Sabaton template. Um, 
But I'm, I'm excited for a new Sabbath album, man. I think they're a great band. Absolutely fucking massive. And I don't think a lot of people realise how big this band actually are. Just take a quick look at their streaming numbers and compare it to a lot of other mother metal bands and you'll realise just how big Sabbath are. Um, and they take their subject matter really seriously. They've got their own history channel now and they've got their, you know, they've got people that are actually, if you read through all the, the YouTube comments on the video and stuff, they've actually got people genuinely wanting to learn about all this stuff and see Sabaton give it the, the power metal treatment. Perhaps the next on a month. Yeah, well, maybe not. <laughs> uh, maybe so, I meant to say. But yeah, maybe. Um, there's there's a parallel, obviously. I can see them on the same level, to be honest. Like, I actually think Sabaton are bigger than a month in quite a lot of parts of Europe now, to be honest. I think, I think they probably are. Kind of similar, like, they both have a really strong concept. They're both writing quite straight-ahead metal, and they both have a show. Like, there's a lot of similarities between them. Definitely. And they both have that nailed in this band could steal the festival because they're yeah. going to be brilliant I mean they're both kind of like reliable I mean you know you don't expect big left field turns from either of them and that's not a, not, not, not necessarily a bad thing you know? no I love, no I love ACDC for that very, and Motorhead for that very reason yeah totally no uh, very excited for the new Sabaton um, so to summarise new album out in July new single out now unrelated to the album just enjoy it all. Yeah, videos. Or don't. It's your choice. Yeah, vi- vi- <laughs> like, it's funny because the video, the production values are very cinematic, but they obviously couldn't afford any cast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fair. <laughs> oh, God. Too much fire. And Maybe they'll put it on the sequel. Well, yeah, do you know more. what, Jonathan? The main character was the ship itself. And that went down. <laughs> I, I, I cried for the ship, not for the, um, not, not for the human being. Yeah, that or was the human being. That was a real tra- tragedy. Yeah. Uh, so yeah go check it out right now Sabaton definitely um, I think definitely in that same vein as I'm on a month of being a band that maybe we've taken for granted but maybe we shouldn't do because I think they're going to be doing some big things this year so watch out for that shall we take some questions Let's. from our readers um, Ben seems to Ben on a, the Metal Hammer readers Facebook page seems to be a bit psychic and seems to know you were coming in to take your because he's directed a question at you but yeah so he says um, are you ever too old for Easter eggs? That's not the part of the question I was directed to me particularly. And did you have any over Easter? I choose to believe that Jonathan Sells had a 100% black chocolate one with a satanic logo on the packet. Did, did you? you? No. <laughs> but, did you have any? No. But oh, I do... I, I know. But I do... I, I, that should be a Baphomet one. Yeah. Just like... Just like yeah, on a, like, on a throne. <laughs> What's the closest you... Money? 100% like cocoa. I think, I, I, think I can go up to about 75, 80% because I can't actually really eat milk chocolate because it's too sweet. It just makes me feel sick. Obviously. From a man yeah. that likes licorice, this does not surprise me. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, yeah the saltier the licorice, the better, basically. So, you absolute like, pig. But the best, uh, <laughs> best, but the best <laughs> Easter egg I ever did have was a South Park one. And inside were loads... I think it was, like, it was kind of based around Kenny... And inside Kenny were loads of um, uh, jelly rats. I love that. That's a me- oh, from the so um, from the zombie yeah the zombie episode where they were pink eyed. Yeah, I think it's so, that yeah. one, isn't it? Yeah. God, that's classic. Yeah, I've never seen that Easter egg again. Just I saw it one year and I thought, right, that's it. I'm having that. Amazing. Um, did you get any eggs? Me? Yeah. Yes, I did. How I, many eggs? I asked my family not to get me too many because I was trying to be healthy and I still ended up with like four. So I don't know what happened. That's good. But I got a big Lindor egg, which I'm going to save. And two smaller ones, which I'm probably not going to save as for very long because I've got no willpower whatsoever. What about you guys? Eggs? I got a lint rabbit. 
Good. Aww. A classic. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> I, actually, I, was a big, what, what, I was a big fan of Kinder Eggs. I don't like those. I find them too sweet. Get yeah, chocolate and toy like, though. Yeah, but it was so much bad for you. I'll have the toy and then I don't like yeah. toy. Oh, no. Behave. Well, like, <laughs> but, but the toys are so disappointing now compared to what they used to be. Like, 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 there's just two parts you put together now. We used to be like much more different parts you had to put together. They're like banned in America, aren't they? Choking hazard, you mean? Yeah, no. I'm oh sure, yeah. I'm sure of all the things yeah. for America yeah. to finally get but what, back. What we were doing, <laughs> but, but but you know you know that you know that little sort of yellow egg inside which the toy was in. Yeah. We used to take we used to take the toy out, fill it with water, and use them as water bombs. Of course you did. Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, I didn't get any eggs last year, which was really disappointing. So mm. this year, I sort of made a bit of a fuss in the lead up to Easter that I didn't, <laughs> didn't have any last year. Your and life's been up, better this time. Really. I ended up with three. I got yeah. A button's egg. Twirl egg and a Thornton's one with nuts built into it. Built in? Yeah. <laughs> Bolted on. Bolted on. It's quite grown up because when I was a child, I would not have wanted nuts anywhere near my chocolate. I just always want the children's ones anyway. I just want the like cream egg ones or the like dairy milk ones. I don't want the grown up ones. I've been given grown up ones. I'm like, oh, it's not that nice. I'll have it all. I love it. I just no. want the Bring it all on. Remember Definitely. those like used to get those like cake decorations that look like silver ball bearings? Imagine, yeah. Imagine if you do that as studs, you get the most metal together. That'd look awesome. Like we got, we are selling head. like chocolate companies' ideas here. Someone should be paying us for this shit. Come on. Uh, so uh, the moral of the story is, now of course you're not too old for Easter eggs. What an absurd idea. It's chocolate. I hate <laughs> it when people think you are too old and don't give you any. That makes me sad. No. Come on. <laughs> That's very cool. good that we didn't get anyone. My parents don't give me Easter eggs anymore. Which is, makes me sad because that means I'm an adult now and can't have chocolate. Um, that's awful. Where <laughs> <laughs> did you get your other Easter eggs from then? Um, so my niece and nephew um, got me one uh, from their parents, and my cousin gave me one a couple of weeks ago, just randomly for no oh, reason. Wow. She just came to stay. That's nice. And my other half gave me the nut one. Yay! Hooray for Easter! Hail Satan! Uh, Zach Wells asks Has, Have any of you ever witnessed Sun As in Sun oh, Bracket 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 Live If so What do you reckon I haven't I Many have. times I'm too scared I actually haven't Sort of almost deliberately Because I'm not scared It's just not I'll fun. tell you why I'm you scared. shouldn't In a minute But I want to hear you what, what your experience was Alice um, It was an experience I think that's Pretty much sums it up It's like I would recommend people going at some point in their lifetime just yeah. to witness this kind of like bizarre atmospheric like show. I guess. Yeah, but what physical effect did it have on you? Oh, it was. I don't even remember. I just felt quite overwhelmed. I had to leave like at some point in the middle. I was like, this is too much now because it's so like. Your ears feel weird. It's not like a normal like metal gig when you're just like, ow, my ears are ringing. It's kind of just like, I, I can't explain it. Yeah. It's just well, almost like you've got this like weird shadow around you, like this cloud of noise. Yeah, because the, <laughs> the sound doesn't, because it's so bass, so much bass and drone, yeah. the sound doesn't go in through your ears. It comes up through your feet yeah. and into your chest cavities and makes all your hair stand on end. That's why uh, I don't want to go. Yeah, well, so I've seen it many times, but the other thing is, like, they don't always have a Tulek um on vocals. When they do, he just has some of the most amazing get-ups ever. Like, some of them are really actually 
quite just I don't know if they, this was made no it was um, uh, with Sonny some of them some of these get up to like really disturbing where he has like this, he has obviously has a coward hood but there's like it's like almost like Wicker Man sticks coming out of his sleeves and out of his Ooh. face and there's, there's another there's another thing where uh, suits made of like broken or shards of glass and he p- puts light over it so it refracts the glass in all different kind of ways I like the sound of that that sounds awesome yeah it, it's it's really just like it's almost like it's like something out of a Ben Wheatley movie or something and it's just yeah it's, it's, it's re- so visually it's really incredible especially when you have this whole banks of like stack mark stacks behind as well mm-hmm. too like Visually, it's amazing, and then there's all the dry ice that kind of fills the entire room. There's a physical effect of what it does to you as well. And yeah, I once saw them play at the Corsica Studios in Elephant and Castle. Uh, they were doing the Grim Robe demo, so it was just um, the early stuff. And oh, I didn't wear earplugs, and I could barely walk back. Oh, that sounds horrible. I had yeah. to get the earplugs from behind the bar when they came on. I was like, shit, I need those. And but there was there was one bit when I saw them. When well, there was like a space in front of us, and like, what's this guy doing? And then it's just a guy like really like waving in the middle. Was it of Jonathan? <laughs> no, it was, like, it was like he. It was like it was bizarre. It was the most bizarre thing ever because it's really slow and droney, and he's there like, oh yeah, as if he was at a rave or something. Like that must be too many drugs. But, See, like, what kind of drugs are you taking to I, like get that from this? <laughs> I, the first time I played London, I had a friend who went and he just lay down on the floor. The yeah. world. None of this makes me want to go see it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it's something that needs to be experienced. Yeah, yeah. Your like DNA will be it, will be like reconfigured by well, the I honestly it. think I would die. Like I just think it would be like I just think, don't think I could cope with it. it. I mean the whole point is that it's like overwhelming. Like, there's no there's no there's no kind of beat to it. There's no like mm. there's no there's no like human beat that you can go right, this is this one bit, this is the next bit. So I don't like unpleasant pleasant physical sensations, like you know pirate ships at theme parks. Or Zorbs, where you like lose your stomach and just feel like crap. Yeah. What's a Zorb? Um, a ball what, that you get. Oh, yeah. oh those things. Like yeah, okay. I, I find it strangely blissful, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, someone do another question um, okay. before we get lost in the. JB Phillips asks Turbo by Judas Priest is underrated. Fact or fiction? I uh, have to admit, I hadn't listened to Turbo for years. I don't think I've probably listened to it since I first got into Judas Priest, where, when I did what I think most people do, where you get into Judas Priest, find out they've got this amazing massive back catalogue and just steam through it all over you know, a few weeks or months or whatever. So I went back to it off the back of this, and I guess I could just say it's very of its time. We yeah. did a feature on it very recently, actually, or maybe about a year ago, which you can read... Online, I think you can. You can on the Metal Hammer site. Yeah, it's, yes. it's, it's really, really just <laughs> <laughs> anywhere online. Like all these, British, yeah, we did, didn't we? Yeah. yeah, like all these British bands that had this moment, like Def Leppard had it too, where they kind of really gunned for the US audience, and this is one of those. Um, but it kind of ruined Def Leppard. But this is, even though I think it's not underrated, I think it's a great album. And it's really, really patchy. Um, it's one of the best of the records. It is, yeah. It is. So, I mean, there's bits at the beginning that sound very kind of almost like a West Coast rock, like a West Coast rock band. There's, you can hear lots of this kind of ZZ Top stomp in it. Yeah, like, yeah, especially like when they were on the, um, uh, what album's Velcro Fly on? Like that era. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I did a track bit, by track. Loads of bit, like, mm-hmm. there's, there's one good... 
power ballad, but it would have been better if Pat Benatar had been singing it. <laughs> um, and was it Parental Guidance? is a terrible song. Yeah, that's so sick. He sounds like a Van Halen B song. They, they just don't know what they're doing with it. It's just, no. um, yeah, it was, and that was the one they wrote about Tip of Gore as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, any, anything that starts off a turbo killer is, can't be too bad. But, turbo um, Lover. Turbo Lover, sorry, yeah, Turbo Lover. Um, yeah, it's got Tabo Lover on it, which is an all-time great. And it's got, it's got one, two or three, and I quite like the first two or three tracks, um, just because they're kind of almost like pure libido. But it's, I actually it's think patchy. the last two tracks are the best two. Um, well, not including Tabo Lover, Hot for Love. Um, yeah, I, I really like Hot for I Love. I think Reckless. Uh, um, I don't know which is on the original, which was in, uh, on the re-release, but yeah. they're both more kind of classic priest. Um, yeah, I think if you've never listened to that album before, it's like it's, like, it's an interesting little window into, like you said, really, what a lot of bands were doing at the time. Mm. Lots of synth, very clean, big cheesy rock songs, but I would say it's rated just about right. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't <laughs> think... History. It's funny, because you think they'd be great all that stuff, that West Coast stuff and the Blues stuff, and Power Ballad, but um, I don't think they're really playing to their strengths on that album. No, definitely not. Read the feature... Read the feature because story around it is very, very, very interesting mm-hmm. and fraught with fraughtness. It is yeah. fraught with fraughtness. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Someone else do a question. So okay, so I've got to read the one that um, is um, you can't pronounce at <laughs> Nawatet. Yeah, yeah, it's close enough. Probably off Twitter. Do you think Ghost could headline Download in twenty twenty? That's next year, isn't it? It is. <laughs> <laughs> So you're on it today. <laughs> uh, could Ghost headline download in 2020? I think they could. Probably. You reckon? Yeah. I think Ghost could headline anywhere. Still not headlined an arena in the UK. No, but I think we're. I think in the UK we're very slow to um, promote bands. I feel yeah, more like it could, they could be sub-headliner and then yeah. like 2021, 2022 would be headliner. I'm not, I, don't, I think they could do it. I'm not saying they couldn't do it. I think they'd be amazing at it. But in terms of like the reality of whether it would happen, I don't know. I'd probably book them to headline the second stage. Yeah, I could see them definitely headlining. Slayer are doing that this year, so it's not a small uh, position at all. And I think it would be the right time of day slash night. And... Um, I think, I think if you, I think if you put, put Ghost to headline now, there'll be so much pressure on them, um, and I think you'd probably be better off putting them on at a point where they could almost steal the weekend, because if Ghost headline, if if you put Ghost to headline download, like just by default, one of the other headliners is going to be fucking massive because it's got to be because they've got a modern headliner on one of the on one of the other days. So you're talking about a Metallica or, I don't know, like ACDC-sized headliner, something massive, and I can't see people coming away from a, a weekend like that saying Ghosts were the best thing there. Whereas if you tuck them away a little bit uh, on the second stage, I think they could... You bet you, you, uh, Ghosts still haven't had that outdoor big festival set where it's made everyone go, this band are ready to headline, you know? I think you need that. They did Bloodstock, which was great, but I still think they need to do it in front of a wider audience, in my opinion. Do you think it's based on them, or do you think it's based on how much they can scale up their production? Uh, I just think... I just think they could probably do with bringing the, the, their current show over here a bit more. They've only done that um, 
What's it called? Roll up a whole show so far, haven't it? This album. The headline before yeah. him. Yeah. And then yeah, but that was on the last album. So yeah, yeah, but that, that was when like you kind of everyone kind of realised, oh my god, this is this is the next generation of headline yeah, totally. bands. But to put that into context, because Jira headlined that same arena uh, venue in that same few months, and you wouldn't put Jira headlining download right now. So I, I still mm-hmm. don't think Ghost haven't really done enough to merit it. Hopefully, they'll they'll do an arena run or something. Mm-hmm. at some point on this album cycle and that will kind of give everyone a better idea of where they're at in terms of how good they are and where they're at um, you know artistically then fuck yeah I'd, I'd love to see it but I'd worry that it could be a bit early for that personally well the last word on the matter clearly yeah <laughs> I'd invite someone else to have one but clearly I'm just so bloody right someone else do a question what ha- what are some metal songs that genuinely make you smile or laugh? Asks Joe. Fleischer. 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 Surely. Metal and songs. Better than fairies wear boots because apparently that makes everyone laugh. <laughs> it's one of my favourite metal songs. It's a great song. Yeah, it's a good song. It's one of the most ridiculous hooks ever. Yeah. <laughs> they have some great lyrics though. Yeah. What makes you smile? That's heavy. Me. Well, anyone. It's four of us. I like Dream Evil, The Book of Heavy Metal. Oh. Yeah, that makes me laugh. That <laughs> does make me laugh. Definitely makes me laugh, that song. Why yeah. are you making a face? Because I'm just so happy at the thought of it. That sounded <laughs> sarcastic. Not at all. It's a uh, great song. Yeah, it's a banger. In The Book of Heavy Metal. <laughs> I'm feeling a lot of ours might be in the same thing here. I've put down Fintroll. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've put down yeah. Sabaton. Um, do you know power metal and folk metal is definitely in that fun yeah. what about raise your phallus to the sky and you will never die power wolf yes resurrection by erection a good choice yeah, <laughs> yeah good I think choice. I think I, I do like some of that ridiculous uh, viking stuff like, like I love everything I think two SS live make me laugh because they're so funny and so self aware mm. um, I do love a few good drinking songs a beer beer by Kopakani and Charles <laughs> Hammer. Classic. Yeah, yeah. And then the next one they did like "Bring Me Cups of Beer," which is like, it's, no, it's not too. It's not quite as good. It's not to the point. Yeah. But didn't they put an album out? He's like, diluted the message. There's <laughs> yeah, no album of, nice just, of just like different versions of beer, beer. But if you want a band that makes you happy like that, the best band of all for me is Stop uh, slapping the table. Sorry, Trollfest. Troll Trollfest. Oh, Trollfest. You love those guys. Yeah, I do. Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's so odd, and they've got this whole kind of Balkan thing, and it's just. Just the energy, and they're all, they're all actually black metal musicians, so they're amazing musicians. And but it's just it's they're just the most madcap of the lot. It's like yeah, some kind of crazy Rabina crazy Hanna Barbera version of like uh, <laughs> <laughs> or, or Looney Tunes, I should say, not Hanna Barbera. Yeah. I like a lot of Devin Townsend stuff for happiness as well. Things yeah. like Lucky Animals. That's a good song. Um, it's really bouncing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I remember that song. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, stuff like. Super crush, but that's sort of like more on the intense emotional end of happy rather than just straight up happy. Sure. It's weird like going to a Devon Townsend gig with, and there's loads of metalheads there and he starts off by playing Benga Boys <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and everyone's just like, yeah. And you just people going out with just this glee just plastered on their faces that we won't be able to scrape off yeah. for about a week. I'm going to see him tonight. Yeah, he's playing tonight. Yeah, it's an acoustic show, so I don't know if he's going to start with Benga Boys. Review that next week. <laughs> We'll see. Acoustic Vendor Boys, I'll go for that. Alice, metal that makes you 
Types um, happy? I've just put down like glam metal stuff, like Def Leppard and Steel Panther. Sure. Yeah. Steel Panther, yes. Their lyrics are great. So, what yeah. song? Oh, I don't know. I haven't listened to them in ages. Child. Asian hooker. Oh no! <laughs> you had to go for the, the least PC one. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing PC about them. Just, no, there but it's yeah, funny that, that that's the, that's the one that has the um. But here's the thing, like with with them and um, tourist assets, like they're kind of piss takes. But if you're going to piss take something, you have to know it actually better than the people who do it as a not no, not no, piss take. No, 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 no. So they so, uh, still Panther write better songs than most sleaze rock bands. Well, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I back that. Community property. Yeah, good, oh, good yeah. wholesome <laughs> track as well. That is that is a classic album to be honest. Um, yeah, I've got a couple of those. I've got Andrew WK as well. It <gasps> oh makes me gosh. so happy. That's such a good So choice. happy. She is beautiful. Oh my god. What's what's the, what's, what's the big song again? Party hard, party hard, yeah. Party hard, or you could have had party till you puke, or the more direct one I like, party, party, party. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> can I also just say that last album where it sounds like a massive musical? I feel like there was a lot of noise. There's when, like it's what they Yeah, I love yeah. that song. I feel like there was a I lot of noise album. around when it came out because people sort of see him as this novelty and like you know there was he was sort of everywhere. But then people don't really talk about him now. That record has just faded away. But it was really fun yeah. and like, yeah. Good. It's good, uplifting. You're still, not alone. Still, sort of a record. He still gives advice though, doesn't he? On like online. Yeah, his, his advice columns are actually pretty amazing. Yeah. I, don't know if, I don't know what he's doing right now. I'll be honest. He did a lot of advice columns for I think it's the Village Friendly Voice or something. But yeah, yeah, yeah there's no Village Voice. <laughs> I know. I know he's like on Twitter and stuff, but I don't know. He's just pretty now, isn't he? Probably yeah, yeah, chilling out. Yes, yeah. Got I, family, hasn't he? Don't know. Oh. He's married. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I genuinely don't know. I'm <laughs> digging for gossip on fucking Hadjik WK. <laughs> He's a mysterious man. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, he's one of them. All right. Well, in that case, he probably does have something going on that he'd rather turn some time off rather than making music journalists happy, I assume. Uh, Bryce Brown asks, what is the most embarrassing moment metal has ever had? Lols. I'm trying to think of I know it's like small embarrassments that kill people's careers yeah like I remember like the first metal band I ever interviewed was Zentrix oh yeah who are back now um, and they because it's taken them like 30 years I guess to overcome uh, their version their, their Ghostbusters single they did Ghostbusters they did a single yeah, I didn't they, know this about yeah, Zentrix yeah they covered they covered Ghostbusters with 12 inch I still got it and um, it just, just completely destroyed their career. What? Really? Yeah, no one ever took him seriously ever again. I mean, wow. what? Yeah. I've never heard this. That's mental. This is interesting. Yeah. Why would that destroy their career? Yeah, why? Imagine, like, they were, they were kind of seen as, like, the English. I don't know, they there's not a lot like Metallica. They're supposed to be a serious yeah. band. And um, it, was the, it was the 80s. It was a different time, Merlin. Yeah, having <laughs> big people do stupid covers now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it just um, it never kind of lived it down. Um, if they did that now, yeah. that would become their biggest single on Spotify, and it would give them a yeah, new use of life. I'd be interested to see if they play it live. Yeah, but um, wow, I'm gonna have to go listen to that. Uh, any other shouts out? I've, I've put down the Osbournes. Oh, because it basically <laughs> made Ozzy, which I yeah, it made. Uh, I mean, I've watched The Osbournes and I still think it was a hilarious TV show, so I'm being a hypocrite, but it did basically turn Ozzy into a reality TV laughing yeah. stop. Yeah. 
from being the guy that tore the heads off bats and genuinely scared the mainstream and stuff. And he's always been Aussie. It's nothing on what Aussie's done. Aussie's always been Aussie. But it definitely repositioned him. And it was weird to see, you know, someone who is known as the Prince of Darkness shuffling about, complaining <laughs> about dog shit. It was one of the first times we'd actually seen sort of an unvarnished portrait of a celebrity. Yeah. Um, I say unvarnished, obviously it was edited to show a certain narrative, but at that time, social media wasn't as prevalent and we didn't have people kind of putting everything out there online. Yeah, so it the world. we were still watching TV at that point and getting information that way. And it's the first time somebody had kind of gone, this is my actual life. Well, funnily enough, um, I... <laughs> My girlfriend really likes keeping up with the Kardashians, so I've watched a little bit more of that than oh, I have in my previous <laughs> you should. 30 years on then, then you should. But there was an old episode on TV the other day, and it was one of the first seasons, and I couldn't help but notice that, that the font they used for the title uh, logo was really similar, if not the exact same one that they used for the Osbournes. That's interesting. Which just shows you how it was, it was moulded in, uh, in the exact same vein, which is crazy to think that. Yeah. Um, and now that, that's the way we live in reality TV is huge and as I say it's like I the watched... Jetsons actually that logo isn't it it's kind of sort of 60s space age the Osborne's one yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, yeah I mean you know Ozzy wouldn't have a career without Sharon and I, I do think that probably did keep him relevant at a point where he might not have been as public and seen and you know cared about so I guess it's a bit of a mixed bag but in terms of I'm just I'm trying to think of like stuff that basically put metal on a platform and reduced it to a bit of a joke which I think the Osbournes did at that point would you say but I watched it so I've actually got the DVD box set somewhere would you say the same about some kind of monster Mm. definitely yeah but I I think that's an amazing watch yeah I think that's a genuinely incredible show it would be great if it it wasn't a band that I cared about I'd still watch it you know because it's just amazing it's those more emotional responses isn't it that grown adults come out with where you're just like whoa grown American adults anyway (laughs) yeah (laughs) I mean Metallica do tend to come to mind for this stuff because they've always put themselves out there in a way that bands rarely have you know they've never been afraid to basically risk themselves getting laughed at or taking yeah, piss sure. out of you know yeah. they did the thing with Lou Reed of course yeah. like um, yeah St. Anger and Some Kind of Monster and the movie you know you have to kind of just give them credit to put themselves out there in the first place because I've got a very trivial one Thomas Holopainen doing an album about Scrooge McDuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah if people think of metal and they think that metal is stupid that's not gonna do us any favours is it yeah have there been other like metal people done uh, um advised Christmas songs or I know like Billy Idol did a Christmas album I'm sure there must be other oh god yeah there must Twisted be Sisters Christmas album yeah but that would be amazing like that, though, yeah. yeah it's Twisted Sister they, can't, they can do no wrong I mean as much as I um, will obviously fight to the death to defend its legacy a lot of people would say new metal because that was the biggest metal has ever been in no, terms I'm not, of I'm not having that. breaking into the mainstream <laughs> and I could see why some sections of the metal world might look at Fred Durst and say that's a bit embarrassing that that like there's a whole generation of people that think when they think of metal the first thing they think of is Fred Durst grabbing his crotch yeah but you know I, I'm an Olympus Biscuit I'm not yeah. an Olympus Biscuit apologist defender so. yeah all, all those all those crab core bands as well too just this yeah that's weird. pretty embarrassing they all kind of influenced a lot of the sort of like bands coming out at that time though and like that sort of like went into death like the deathcore bands and a lot of people sort of borrowed from 
that yeah, bad. I think, I think and Caleb came out with Beartooth, so it wasn't all bad. No, no not at all. Well, I, I thought like you know bands like I mean I liked Corn because they had they had a really innovative rhythm section, mm. like really unusual rhythm section. Corn were on the front of Terrorizer magazine. Oh, yeah, so I always point that out. Yeah, I think forget I th- that. I think uh, and Slipknot. I yeah, think, I think before my time at Terrorizer, it was the first magazine to put Slipknot on the cover. Mm. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was people forget that um, you know it took over every aspect you know my, my, the first magazine I wrote for Melody Maker um, it's an indie magazine and that in its dying days it decided it was going to become a new metal magazine you know well, that's, yeah well I wouldn't say it's embarrassing just that it was just it was just of its time that, um, that it just it's, it's more like how big um, new metal had become that is, is kind of it was the way I find some yeah. symphonic a bit embarrassing oh yeah Symphonic metal. Some of it, yeah. You're more of a defender for that side of the scene than most of I would say. What's the song that I really don't like? Sounds like a symphonic metal. No, I think the Nightwish one about the daffodil shedding a tear. Which is that one? (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah, I can't remember. I think think that's what Fenless Forms most beautiful. That's not my favourite song in the world. There's just there's loads of those symphonic bands with singers who can't actually sing. Like like as much as I never really liked um, Nightwish that much. I don't like sometimes, but I didn't like the Taja era. If you put her against any other singer, you'll notice the huge gulf of talent mm. between her and virtually almost everyone else. There's, there's like yeah. lots of wannabe bands who try and sing operatic, but they don't have the technique. Mm. Well, I think that can go for a lot of things. You know, anyone that tries to imitate Halford and Dickinson has got to be good. Yeah, you know, there's loads of heavy metal bands with high pitched singers where it's just a bit like, mm, mm. not actually good though, are you? So yeah. Let's say something good about metal. I feel bad now. I'll just yeah, slap it off for 10 well. minutes. Because <laughs> you know, all those bands as well have like done cool things. Yeah. It's just the odd moment that I don't like. I know what will make you feel good about metal. Go and pick up the latest issue of Metal Hammer with a modern fucking mouth on the cover with Johan Hegg sat on a throne with a giant hammer in his hand. Ah. That'll make you feel good about metal because it's awesome and we love it and we will be back next week to talk about it some more. Ed will be reviewing Devin Townsend being all acoustic. That'll be fun. Can we have some more posy questions as well? Yeah. Or just questions. <laughs> I think I think the questions from our readers are pretty good. I know. Yeah. I like it. It's like you said, no, I feel a bit sad. No, it's fine. Go listen to a monomath and pick up the new issue now. What else is uh, in it? Loads of stuff. Marilyn Manson versus Courtney Love. Honestly, that feature is absolutely nuts. They just don't make tours like that anymore. Um, Possessed, Death Gospel, Employed to Serve, and The Prodigy, which is one of my favourite features we've done in ages. Um, we will see you all next week yeah there's a bad news piece in there as well Uh, if you don't know who bad news are they were Spinal Tap before Spinal Tap was a thing yeah the British Um, Spinal Tap with all the guys from the young ones yeah exactly it was so good and Uh, this is the band who invented death metal so you need to read that exactly do you want any more bases covered for fuck's sake it's all in the new issue of Metal Hammer Um, love metal and know your history we'll see you next week Bye. bye bye